friends, countrymen, lovers of all things design. This is Grits and Grids. Hey everyone, today on the show, I am honored to have Armin Witt. Is it Witt or Witt? Witt. Okay, it is Witt. I said it right. Yes. <laughs> um, so Armin, for those two people out there that may not know who you are, why don't you give a little bit of backstory on what you do and and uh, why you love it? Sure. Uh, my name, so I'm Armin Witt. I'm a graphic designer, writer, and for, you know, weird circumstances and event organizer. Um, so I've been in the field now for, oh my God, almost 18 years. I'm originally from Mexico. Um, I've been, I was employed for a long time with graphic design firms. So at some point I used to work at Pentagram in New York, uh, but I've been independent running under consideration with my wife and partner who's also a graphic designer. We've been doing under consideration full time since 2009. And uh, nice. sorry to interrupt. Um, no, just, no, to, just to finish my introduction, and we run uh, probably what we're best known for is the blog Brand New, which is uh, <clears throat> it's a daily um, a daily public uh, post about uh, logo and identity redesign sort of major companies, products, and services. Yeah, and then, but there's also some other ones that you have too. Obviously, um, the art of the menu, and then Quipsologies, um, I think are well known um, as well. Are those a direct result, like a spinoff of Brand New, or, or how'd that come about? Well, it all started back in um, 2003 when we had our first graphic design blog, and it was called Speak Up, um, mm-hmm. and that was the first design blog on the internet and it was you know i don't say that as hey we were first look at us it was just like there was no other blog on graphic design so we just happened to be the first ones and we got um, a large audience just because of that because there was uh, it was the the one place online where you could where traditional graphic designers could talk about you know typography and the AAGA and spec work and whatever else Mm -hmm. Um, so we did that we started that in 2003 and it lasted until 2009 but in 2006 um, the first spin-off was brand new so brand new was a spin-off of of, uh, speak up Mm -hmm. Um, and brand new started uh, fairly small i mean it started with maybe like 60,000 page views a month and now it's up to like 1.25 million a month so it's pretty large yeah um in the in between 2006 and you know this time we've launched uh, uh, Quipsologies came as a spin-off of uh, Speak Up as well, where it's just um, that's just uh, daily links to cool things. Then yep. FPO came. Then we started seeing oh, so we have the opportunity to have kind of like different properties on their the under consideration uh, umbrella. So we started uh, with FPO just as an excuse to put pictures of cool print projects just because, you know, who doesn't like a close up of letterpress, you know, it's, right, uh, right. <laughs> it's kind of like hard to resist. Um, yeah. It's enjoyable by everyone. Uh, and then in 2009, I think, or 2010, we did art of the menu and that mm-hmm. just came about, it wasn't like, you know, we weren't on a mission to launch more and more, blogs it was just that kind of like in the 
um, you know, a few months leading up to the launch, I had we had seen kind of like two or three cool menus that we thought, oh, you know, maybe there should be a blog just about menus, like restaurant menus, not even uh-huh. like the restaurant branding, just the menu itself. Yeah. Um, it's proven to be a pretty popular blog too. I mean, it's very niche, but um, it has um, a good amount of followers. Yeah, and they're they're all awesome too. I mean, I remember the days of Speak Up. I, I loved Speak Up. Um, so suffice it to say, you're you're looking at, you know, uh, what maybe five, four properties, five properties that you run, um, that spawned from Speak Up. Uh, it's safe to say that hustle is in your DNA, and it's not luck. <laughs> like you, you didn't just stumble upon this. You just you know you've been hustling, right? Yeah, I think uh, I think Speak Up was a. A mixture of both. I think the the original um, kind of like what pushed me to do it was there's no one, there's nothing like it on the internet, and I'm gonna try to make it happen. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was the hustle. In that, you know, I, there was no playbook for how to do a design blog at the time. Um, I had never used Movable Type, which is a content manage, management system that I used then and I still use now. Uh, so mm-hmm. the hustle came in like actually putting it together. The luck came in that, you know, again, there was nothing else like it uh, on the internet. And because of that, um, and there was like a growing interest. You know, this was back in the days where blogs were kind of like a nascent medium. And yeah, you know, yeah. still like awesome. Um, so we, you know, we locked into being in the right place at the right time with the right product. So then, yeah. you know, so the, the other part of the hustle was that no one knew. I mean, no one knew who I was, and there was no reason why anyone should know who I was. I was a kid from Mexico that, you know, all of a sudden started writing about design and having opinions about AAGA and mm-hmm. things like that. So I, I had to make sure that the designers or the type of designers that I wanted reading the blog were reading it, and that basically meant emailing one by one saying like, hey, I launched a new blog. I think you should check it out. Um, you know, and people, I email people like Steve Heller, Michael Barut, and then next thing you know, they're reading the site and leaving comments. And um, it was just like a lot of uh, building that audience one by mm-hmm. one. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it took off. I mean, I, I kind of watched it. So 2003 is about the time that I hit the... I, I could call myself a designer. I had a diploma that said so. Um, <laughs> I, I still have that diploma if anyone is questioning me um, somewhere. Um, anyway, but it was it was such a great thing. And then you know when brand new spun off, like I I'm absolutely addicted and in love with branding. And so I was like so happy about that as well. And then, like you said about FPO, it's it's practically print porn. I mean, who can't stare endlessly at letterpress <laughs> it's just beautiful yeah. especially when it's shot appropriately um brand new evolved it it, it kind of took legs right i mean and and then you had the uh the conference and there's uh, the awards and so is that like beasts of burden or that sort of happened because there was a need um so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so with brand new what happened was that so it, it grew every year it grew more and more um, so from 2006 to 2007 to 2010, it was like straight up growth. Um, and one day, like at some point, we had a really dumb idea to put together a little uh, sketchbook. When you know, one like you know now, now they're super popular. Everybody does a little uh, sketchbooks like field notes. But we have yeah. one one where 
on the bottom of every page, it had a quote from our readers about why they sketch or why they think it's important to uh, sketch logos. Mm -hmm. So, you know, fairly dumb idea, fairly needless product. Um, We printed 500 of them and we sold out within like five days. Um, Oh, wow. And I mean, like we didn't make a lot of money. It, It wasn't a big deal, but that showed us that we had kind of like a really engaged audience that liked what we do, that liked the topic of brand new, and with and that they have um, expendable income. I mean, the, the sketchbooks were $5, so it wasn't that expensive. But, right. you know, how quickly they sold out and, you know, for for nothing thing. Yeah. Uh, and I don't mean to belittle the product, but it's just like in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't... Uh, you know, it's not a big deal. Uh, but right. then we thought, oh, so we have this audience and they like what we do. So we also, it coincided with um, kind of like the, the kind of like the last wave of the economic downturn of 2008 and 2009, where mm-hmm. we ended up with no clients. Uh, we moved from New York to Austin and we had like no income. So we are like, we need to figure out how to do something or how to make money. So we thought, what about doing a conference that's just, that's a spin-off of brand new and it's just logo identity and branding. It's not a general design conference. It's not an inspiration conference. It's not even a creative conference. It's about logo identity and branding. Um, And again, because we stuck to that uh, very specific focus, people that are into it, they were, they turned out in growth. So, um, when we did the first one, like we sold out within, I think, three, four months, uh, which hasn't happened again. Uh, but we still, I mean, the conference has grown and just uh, as we move into bigger venues, they're bigger to uh, sell out. But uh, again, the initial interest was like overwhelming. Um, uh-huh. So that's how the brand new conference came to be. It was a matter of um, we need to figure out how to make money on our own. We need to, mm-hmm. we need to take a, not advantage, but, you know. Um, kind of like we have this great audience that enjoys what we do, that enjoys the topic. How can we maximize that to our benefit and their benefit in creating something that's uh, worthy of their time and money? Um, right. So that's how it came to be. And it's just, you know, people love it and we just keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's great. I um, So those who listen to the show know that I'm notoriously terrible at going to conferences um, or, or any design event. Like, <laughs> I'll be the one sitting here saying we should really do something. And uh, I, I don't go. It's really sad. So I will be honest that brand new Creative South and only because I've been uh, almost dared into it. Uh, Adobe Max mm-hmm. are on my list for this year. <laughs> Um, so we'll see if it actually gets done or not. Um, but yeah, it's been great. And so I think the cool thing is, is like the hustle has, I think, safe to say paid off for you guys. Um, you have a name in the design field. Um, do you still take on clients or is it just all the, uh, under consideration family all the time? Yeah, I think we, we take on clients, I would say 20% of our time annually is spent on client work the rest okay. is just on our on our projects right that's awesome yeah. um because i think a lot of people just think you guys sit behind there and sit on a pound of money and 
have a treasure bath or something while while we read all of your blogs. But I, I wish I wish that were the case. That would make me so so happy. <laughs> yeah, it's funny though because uh, I think about that too. You know, like all right, well, what would happen if someone came and offered to buy this and you ended up with a ton of money? Um, I have a feeling that you would probably still just do it, right? I mean, I yeah, love doing this. Uh, you know, it's I don't. I mean, it's what we, what I do. It's, um, you know, it's the one thing that I know how to do. Uh, it's the one thing I'm good at. That being both graphic design and, uh, especially, specifically writing brand new. I think there's a, mm-hmm. a method to the madness that, you know, because I recently wrote about, uh, you know, we've been doing brand new for over ten years, and I've written over four thousand posts for brand new. Oh wow! Um, yeah, so it's. It's something that, you know, it doesn't take, it's not brain surgery by any means. It's not like in-depth criticism. It's not high-end writing at all, but mm-hmm. I don't think many people can do it. And I don't think it's uh, because I'm exceptionally talented in any particular way, but just that by repetition and by understanding and by doing it for so many years, there is just something that I know how to do that no one else does and people seem yeah. to enjoy it and there's um, you know value to it beyond just me hearing myself write you know or, yeah, yeah. or getting people to agree with me or disagree with me it's just uh, it, I enjoy doing it and I think people um, get something out of it and you know the people that are the designers that are that are on the kind of like wrong end of the you know on the wrong receiving end where there's a lot of criticism against their work you know uh-huh. uh, I've I feel for them, but you know, <laughs> that's the way it is. <laughs> yeah. So that's a, uh, that's a beautiful segue into something that I hadn't considered talking about, but I think it's worth it is the, the criticism in the comments. Um, so a quick little anecdote, uh, a client of ours started doing Facebook ads in an effort to, uh, increase sales leads for franchising. Um, inadvertently these ads caused, design critique to happen with the new brand identity that we did for them, um, which features the founders, a likeness of the founder and that uh, some people just don't like. And, uh, you know, so it's like flat out, like that's the only way to say it. Like, is it good design? Eh, I think so. I mean, it, it meets all the principles, ticks the boxes. Do, do I personally love the logo? No, not necessarily, but it's not for me. And I think, you know, we get in those discussions a lot around here and with clients is like, you know, we're not designing for the five old dudes in the room. We're designing for this young 20 something male in the market that's, you know, in a market that's like maybe 100, 150 miles from here. And so when we're critiquing design work, we have all that context. Do you think that like, what, what do you think about the comments like that happen on some of these logos and I'm guilty of it too. I'll be I'll be honest. <laughs> Sometimes I say things and I'm like, oh man, I guess I should, you know, I try to like consider like, okay, I didn't get the brief. I don't know the ins and outs and I sure as hell don't know the um, politics involved in this project. But man, that logo is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So uh, what are your thoughts on, on the commentary? And, and do you think that more information is needed to critique design effectively? Uh, no, not at all. I don't think um, so. There's, you know, the one end of the argument is that you can't critique a logo, you know, as you just said, without 
having an understanding of the brief, having a, you know kind of like a peek at what the discussions were behind the scenes between the designer and the client, focus groups, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. That's it'd be great to know all that, but in the end, it doesn't matter at all because what matters is the product that makes it onto the market, um, mm-hmm. and all. I have to judge it on and all that the consumers or the end client has to judge it on is that thing that made it onto the market. So it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if uh, you know if there were 10 better options on the presentation deck, it doesn't matter um, you know if the brief if the brief was met exactly to match, if the client was happy, if the client was not happy, whatever happened mm-hmm. behind the scenes, none of it matters once that thing is out um sure so you know it's fair game i mean once something is public i you know i me and anyone else can have an opinion on it and it can be as it's going to be as informed as you know my opinion of the whatever the airbnb logo as a designer um, Mm -hmm. is informed the same way as the opinion of someone staying using airbnb and who's a uh, lawyer, like they're right. going to have the same background information on what that logo means or does. Uh, so, you know, I don't get this whole thing about like, oh, you shouldn't critique a logo if you don't have full information. Like, well, you know, it's just like when you, um, you know, when you're choosing fruit, <laughs> you know, right. You, right. When, you buy, when you buy a watermelon, you don't know what's going to be inside. Like you buy it based on what you can see and touch and or an apple you know you touch it and sure. look at it and feel if it's mushy or not and then you make the decision so it's kind of like making um you know you make surface judgments on everything so it's the same with a logo yeah i think you know that makes a lot of sense especially with a lot of the stuff that is covered on brand new you know because it is uh at least what national um and usually bigger than that, like global, international um, brands. So I think what's interesting about that, though, is how, you know, how, how our communications have basically broken down borders that were used to be there as far as cultures. So I get to experience what someone from SoCal, like what they deal with a lot, you know, like their, their kind of culture and, and who they are just by social media in general, like the way they talk, the way they present themselves, pictures. Um, so I get a, a taste of that. And it's quite different than here in Atlanta. It just is. And, and Austin is quite different from both of those places in New York, blah, 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 you know, just, you know, building the case. And um, so what's interesting is, is when you're when you're a brand that spans so many different cultures and so many different geographic like cultures that are influenced by geography it's almost like impossible to have not impossible but it's very difficult to have a brand that is going to appeal to all of them in a profound way you know what i mean yeah does that make sense i mean i don't know i'm just uh, kind of throwing that out there for discussion <laughs> yeah and i think it's uh you know nowadays uh, especially like, like like you mentioned, the work we show on brand new. I mean, on purpose, we we focus only on things that are mostly uh, well known outside a circle of I don't know, like a hundred people. <laughs> um, right. So if if I get you know if I, if I get a logo for an architecture firm or a pizza joint that has one location, that doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to put that up because people don't have any association with that or they don't have any uh, investment in that. So when it's large, 
uh, you know, when it's a sports team or it's a large corporation, like people have heard of it and they can, um, you know, based on their understanding of certain things um, and of that market or that industry, then they can kind of like assess that work based on their own experience. So the, the, the bigger the client or the company or the product or service, you know, the, mm-hmm. the more engagement there is from the, from my critique and from the commenter's critique. So, right. um, yeah, I think the, and then having said that, it does, you know, there's still some things that play out better in other parts of, uh, in some parts of the world than others. And there's, uh, you know, I critique things that, you know, are from, you know, Europe or Asia, and I may not get all the nuances, but, you know, I, and sometimes some, someone in the comments will point out, oh, that's red because it means such and such in this, uh, in our traditions or something like that. Right. Like, oh, that makes sense. Uh, but still, you know, I can say, well, I don't like the red because it makes me angry, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. <laughs> right, uh, right. So, yeah, I think there's uh, some challenges in that, but at the same time with, uh, uh, you know, you're still allowed to have a, an opinion. Like, sure. You know, well, it's interesting too. I think um, <clears throat> you know, like taking the UPS redesign. Um, there, you know, there was a business case behind redesigning that logo. Although I think a lot of us were sad to see it go. Um, you know, it was like one more relic of Paul Rand and and his good work. But quite honestly, they aren't able to accept packages wrapped in twine anymore. Right. Like their machines can't take them. So it was a misrepresentation of what they were able to do. So I think on one, one hand, you can make the argument like, well, it doesn't have to be literal. Um, you know what I mean? Because that's still a, a mnemonic device that implies shipping. Um, but then on the other hand, what was produced, I think, was, you know, forced three-dimensional garbage, honestly. Um, but that's my, that's one man's opinion. However, I think like most change, people get up in arms out the gate and then they sort of settle into it. Um, after the fact, it's almost, it almost be nice to see what people's opinions of it are now after it haven't been in market for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, if you ask now anyone, I mean, what do you think of the UPS logo? They don't give, they don't care. Like even, right. if, <laughs> even designers, I mean, you're, you get used to the things so easily that you forget. I mean, the UPS is a, a special uh, case because it's, you know, again, it's a Paul Rand logo, but, you know, mm-hmm. that nowadays the way they use it and you see all those trucks with the giant shield on the side and it's like, you know, uh, it's just like everyday an everyday thing. It's just part of the visual landscape and you don't think twice about it mm-hmm. just because you're so used to it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, even designers, <laughs> it's funny because this is one thing that I agree with that, you know, designers are meant to kind of like champion change and that's uh-huh. what they instill in their clients that, you know, they need to change for the better. But designers in general are so apprehensive to change that it's kind of like, it's really weird how um, we're the first ones to say, oh, they shouldn't have changed. Uh, when we're the, when in practice, we're the ones that are advocating for change. Right, right. Well, it's really weird when you come at it, I think, with, you know, like you say, it's gut, it's gut critiques a lot of times um, instead of objective. So I think there's a lot of subjectivity that comes into critiquing, especially the comment section of a website. Um, you know, when it's like, for instance, when I look at design work, I, I look at structure, I try to look at, okay, I may not like that color green with that color orange, 
but does it work? And the answer is yes, it does work in a, in a lot of instances. Now there's instances where you look at it and you're like, oh God, that's terrible. Yeah. Um, I, I wish <laughs> I wish I could have that part of my life back when I didn't see that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, I think the one comic that sticks out to me, and I've seen it, you know, throughout brand news comments, um, and then I saw it on that particular Facebook ad where it was like hashtag you had one job, and I'm like, wow, that is. Uh, that is vicious. <laughs> you know, like it, it's 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 not bad design just because you don't like it. It's uh, it's actually good design with a lot of meaning. Um, you know, and then and then like what what would your solution be? And I think that's the question that always comes up in my head is how would I have done this differently, knowing the little bit I do know about the brand and. Um, I think that's an even bigger conversation, which would be interesting for some of these more. Uh, aggressive commenters to answer yeah is like yeah what would you have done how would you have approached me throw smarty pants yeah exactly oh yeah you're so good you show me um (laughs) you know that'd be funny um maybe maybe that's something that could happen down the road your next hustle here you go is um the challenge is to you know i don't want to be work on spec but it's like okay for those of you that hated the ups logo do you you show us show yeah. us what you would have done you know and let's see let's see the beauty that comes out of that madness yep. <laughs> it'd be at least worthy of uh, museum walls i think uh for a nice art exhibit or something um awesome so what's what's the next hustle what's on the horizon for you guys that you're able and willing to talk about uh, well right now we're um we're in the process of redesigning the blog for brand new, uh, which oh, fantastic. we just did three years ago. So it's not that long, but um, it was the first responsive site that I had designed. And it's not, you know, it works, but it's not right. Um, uh-huh. We want Now we want to accommodate some more content that, you know, the way we did the current version, it's a little bit too structured for new forms of content. So... Uh, mm-hmm. We're in the process of that. Hopefully, you know, we'll go live um, by the end of February. Uh, so oh, we have wow, okay. that. Uh, we're working on a client project. We're working on starting to think about, not think about, but we're starting to prepare the brand new conference uh, in Chicago this year. Mm-hmm. Um, then eventually, soon, you know, sooner than I would like, just because it's going to be more <laughs> work. We have to. We're doing the brand new conference in Barcelona in 2018. Oh wow. Yeah, so that's uh, a whole other beast. Um, yeah, and then and then that's it. I think we have our hands full for a while. I think that's enough. That's a big enough hustle for anyone to handle. <laughs> yeah, well, at the same time, maintaining brand new on the blogs because all that is daily work. I mean, um, every yeah. day, you know, we have to put up content for those sites, uh, answer emails for those. Sites. Yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, it is a handful. I think. Um, yeah, yeah. Do, do you have me? Are we still here? Yeah, no, it's just my computer. No, that's asleep, okay. So no, no know, big deal. Um, <laughs> going away. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, what I was saying is, you know, just even curating grits and grids, which is not daily. I want it to be daily, but it's not. Um, it's tough. And that's why it's not daily. It's sometimes you just get in the swing of things and you're like, man, I don't have time to post that. Um but that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see the new brand new. And, you know, it's amazing. You say three years, and I think, you know, people of our age, three years kind of seems not very long. But in the in the technology world, 
re- designing something responsive three years ago had a lot of foresight. So congratulations. But things over the three years have like what responsive means and how it works have changed so much. So, um, you know, I, I think every year we kind of do an assessment of our web real estate and it's like, is this responsive enough or is this meeting the standard now? And I don't know what you've seen on the analytics side, and I don't want to bore the listeners with analytics, but um, I know like the restaurant properties that we handle or are involved with, it is boldly mobile first. Um, like not 52% of people, I'm talking like 70, 80% of visitors are mobile. Yeah, and I think that's part of um, one of the reasons why I haven't, I think, or um, I don't have the uh, actual stats, but I know that most of our audience still looks at our website on desktop just because it works better. I mean, it's designed to be seen on a large screen, and I think design work Agreed. just looks better on a large screen than on a tiny phone. Right. I mean, not that, not, not that phones are tiny anymore, but you know, it's not the same. Um, <clears throat> but we we know and acknowledge that. And again, like three, four years ago, you know, you wouldn't expect people to be reading a lot of stuff and looking at it, so much stuff on their phones as now. Like now it's just, you know, it's more common practice and it's expected that you should be able to read something online. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, on your mobile device easily and accessibly and nicely. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a big trend to that. We have a, a friend who has a... Um, and a par, uh, apparel line, T-shirts and hats that are have to do with uh, Texas humor. And he was saying how 86% or, yeah, I think 86% of his sales come from mobile devices. And that's just, I mean, to me, that was crazy that, you know, so yeah. much shopping is happening on a phone. Where like, you know, I have to, like, <laughs> light candles, go on Amazon, you know, set the mood right to make a purchase. Right. Like, I don't just buy things on my phone. Um, so I, th- I think that's just my, you know, that <laughs> I'm relatively old now, um, that I, you know, I still, you know, right. I still bought things from a catalog at some point. So, um, yeah, I think it's just, uh, acknowledging that everything is moving to the phones and you just have to make it look as nice. Yeah, absolutely. As, I mean, it has to be the first, the in a lot of cases, the first consideration, um, I'm trying not to say the words mobile first, but there you have it. Um, and I think what's interesting with that too is the amount of information that we are pouring through daily. And it's almost as if like the the once a day or twice a day content curators out there or creators, it's just not going to be enough at some point. It's going to have to be like a mashable where you're constantly throwing stuff out there just to maintain attention. Um Yeah, that, I, I find that, uh, I mean, with brand new, it's uh, like one post. I mean, it's not one post. It's actually three, but it's one main review a day. I can't do it anymore. It's just like right. not feasible. I can't do it time-wise. I can't do it uh, mentally. Um, and then, for example, like uh, now we have competition in terms of uh, who critiques, you know, the big logos first. You know, I'm getting beat by Wired by oh, wow. Huffington Post, by Mashable, 
by Vanity Fair, you know, because they have writers on the clock that are, right. have to put out content <clears throat> all day long. So if there's a big news sto- news story that breaks out, or like a big logo change that happens, um, even if it happens at 10 a.m., like, all right, I'm, I have to wait until tomorrow. I had to wait a right. lengthy 24 hours <laughs> to post this yeah. um, instead of doing it right now. Um, so, yeah, it, it's kind of crazy how... Uh, <clears throat> how much content gets pushed. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually funny. So I've, I've kicked myself a few times when um, someone other than Nation's Restaurant News or those bigger publications break a, uh, a logo change um, or, you know, a logo change in the industry because I'm like, oh, my God, I need to be the one that knows that first. Uh, but there have even been times where I've gone to brand new and I'm like, how the hell did I miss this? Like, this was last month. Like, come on. It's just, it's really frustrating at times. But, you know, I try not to beat myself up because it's like, I'm not getting paid to do this. It's just for fun. I love it. And that's why I do it. So I think when it becomes a job, then I can start holding myself to the standard of having to be the person that breaks the news, you know, <laughs> when I have a staff of writers, I guess. But I think the good thing for you is that, Unlike Mashable, unlike Huffington Post, unlike some of these other places, like, and this isn't meant to be a, um, to, you know, to uh, strike your ego, but you you have the the clout and notoriety to be the authority on it. Whereas, you know, they're a conglomeration of articles of everything. So what they might be saying is more like blah, 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 Taco Bell, blah, blah, blah. It's pretty cool. Whereas on Brand New, I think people know that if they want to get the story and a real critique, that's where you go. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that happens, and I acknowledge that, and it's nice. I mean, it's not, like, every now and then, whenever there's, like, a big, like, like even Taco Bell, like, someone on Twitter will say, will say yeah. oh, I can't wait what Brand New says about this. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's that, um, you know, there's a nice reputation that, um, that we have, um, and that people... You know, they wait to see what with what I think about something, just to get a sense of whether it's right or wrong, or you know whatever. So yeah, it it does. Um, I will happily admit that <laughs> you know it does help my ego a lot to know that you know that people um, <clears throat> kind of like appreciate and understand and um, kind of like hold it in you know right. semi high regard. What I say so that's. That's, that's what awesome. keeps me well the hustle is very much alive with you and uh I, I can't wait to see the new brand new i can't wait to uh attend the brand new conference uh again it's on my list let's see if i follow through um i appreciate your time today as well man it's been awesome speaking with you once again um where do people find you online just in case they don't already follow you Um, the, I'm every day you can find me on brand new, uh, under consideration.com slash brand new. And that's you, uh, um, I follow him as well and all, all the other things. And we'll post all the links, uh, in the show notes so you guys can click through and become avid listeners and followers. Um, again, Armin, thank you so much for your time. It's been awesome. And, uh, everyone else we'll talk to you next week. Once again, everyone, thank you for tuning in. Do follow us at Grits Grids. That's Grits Grids with no end in between on Instagram and Twitter. This podcast and the Grits and Grids blog is a passion project of Vigor, a restaurant and beverage branding and marketing firm based in Atlanta. Check us out at www.vigorbranding.com. And of course, we're all over social media. Until next week, stay hungry, stay thirsty, and be creative.